0: Today we are concluding our series through the twenty-third Psalm, and so you probably thought there is no way you can get five messages out of that, but there are six verses. So, uh, so I'm one verse short. So today we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter twenty-three, verse number six. And I've, have really, for me personally, I've just really enjoyed going through the twenty-third Psalm. And it's just, I mean, if you look at the twenty-third Psalm and you read through like the the very first five verses you see all of the, the incredible things that God, as our shepherd, does for his sheep. I mean, you can just look at some of the verses. He I mean, says he provides for them. He says you shall not want. He says one of the things he does is he's going to restore his sheep. He guides them. He protects them. I mean, you go through all this stuff, and it just sounds so good. And then just, uh, you know, the icing on the cake. Of the 23rd Psalm, I believe it is the 6th verse. Because whenever you get to the 6th verse, we receive from God an assurance that God's people, that God's sheep are going to be able to experience peace. Now, we do not live in a world that is known for peace. As a matter of fact, I think I said last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago that in in a recorded history, there's been 3,400 years of recorded history. And out of all of those years of history, there have only been 268 years of world peace. So, so whenever you look at our record for peace, we're not doing real well. But then you get to the 23rd Psalm. And in the 23rd Psalm, God tells us, we get to the very end, David tells us that one of the things that God assures his followers of in their lives, if they will follow him, is he gives an assurance of peace. And I look at that and I think, how in the world can God do that? I mean, how, how in the world can we leave here today as we look at our world and say, yeah, as a believer, I'm going to be able to have peace in a world that is absolutely messed up. Well, that's why I want you to take your Bible, if you have one, and turn to ch- uh, chapter 23 of Psalm Uh, Psalms, and we're going to look in verse number 6. Now, just just kind of a little recap here. I want to see in the last four weeks how well y'all are doing. Uh, Who wrote the 23rd Psalm? David, very good. All right, so you get an extra Bojangles biscuit on Easter Sunday. So yeah, David wrote the 23rd Psalm. Now, it's interesting to me that David wrote the 23rd Psalm. He's talking about how God gives his people... An assurance of peace, but whenever you look at David's life, you know, David is not a guy that was known for peace. I mean, David was the king of Israel whenever he wrote this. Uh, there's a couple little things that we know about David. Uh, you know, one of the big ones that we know about David is David fought this giant named Goliath. I mean, that's not a peaceful story. If you go back and read it, I mean, you're not going to read it and go, well, that was a sweet little story. I mean, that's like a violent story. Uh, You read about David's kingdom. David spent a lot of his time conquering territories. And then here we are, the 23rd Psalm, and David is saying, hey, one thing that God provides his people, his sheep, is peace. Now, David had a desire to build a temple to God. But God did not allow him to build it. Uh, David had this son named Solomon. And before he basically uh, sort of left the throne and gave it to his son Solomon, he said this to him in 1 Chronicles chapter 22. Uh, He said, My son, David said to Solomon, It was in my heart to build a house for the name of Yahweh my God, but the word of the Lord came to me. And here's the reason why he could not build. What does it say? Can't build the temple because you're a man of peace. Is that what it says? No, it says because you have shed much blood and waged great wars. This is the guy that's going to be telling us about peace. Now, what does he know about peace? And and some of us might say, what do we know about peace? I mean, we live in an absolutely conflicted world doesn't matter where you are, you watch the news, you, uh, you look and see what happens locally, and you think, I do not think there is any chance that we will be able to experience peace. But David gives us some encouragements about peace. And here's the very first encouragement. The shepherd is watching his sheep. One of the reasons why you, as a follower of God, can be encouraged about peace is because we have a shepherd and one of the things that the shepherd does is he watches his sheep. Now, now look with me in verse number 6, and we'll try to explain this. It says, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord for as long as I live. Now David is talking about a shepherd, and one of the job descriptions of a shepherd is to take care of sheep. And one of the things, one of the most basic things that a shepherd can do for his sheep is very simply he just keeps an eye on the sheep. And the reason why he wants to do that is because it's his livelihood. I mean, the sheep, I mean, he invests everything that he has in the sheep. And so if a shepherd loses one of his sheep, then he loses out on his investment. And so what does a shepherd do? He's going to keep his eye on his sheep. Well, that that's exactly what God does with His people. God watches over His sheep. He always has His eyes on His sheep, and one of the reasons why is because God has made an incredible investment in His sheep. And what's the investment? Yeah, we're getting ready to celebrate in less than a month. We're going to be celebrating Easter. One of the biggest investments that I can think of that God has made in His people. Is that He gave His Son Jesus Christ for us to be reconciled to God, and so one thing God wants to do is He wants to take care of His sheep because there's a major investment that has been that has been placed there. And so I look at that, I'm, I'm encouraged. The shepherd watches over His sheep, so I'm encouraged when I look at Scripture. But then when I look at what's going on in the world, not so much. I mean, do you ever do you ever feel like that? Like that God's people that we're just sort of forgotten about? I mean, do you ever feel like that just all the stuff that's going on in the world, you kind of look around and you go, does this stuff even make any difference? Not, I mean, I, I feel that. I man. y'all must be fine, but I feel that way. And so I watch that, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not encouraged a lot whenever I see what's going on. I mean, let me just give you an example. As a, I guess a couple of months ago, there was a bill that was brought before the Senate. And it was concerning if, if a child, if a baby survives an abortion, it comes out, they said that the doctor has to do all that he can in order to save the life of that baby. Now, if, if anything, I think, well, that's something we can all agree on. We need to protect the lives of children, I mean, at the very least. And the Senate only needed 60 votes for that to pass. you know how many votes we got? 53. Now, I saw that, God, you know, I, I was discouraged I was, I mean, what is, what is the deal with that? And I, and I look at the things that are going on and I, I feel abandoned sometimes. But then I come to the 23rd Psalm and I look in verse number 6 and David has a word for us. He says the, the, the shepherd is watching over his sheep. And he's not just watching over you, our verse tells us that he is, he is pursuing you. And that word pursue, it means to be hounded, to be hounded, to be hunted after. Uh, the tense of that verb means it is ongoing. God is constantly hunting after his sheep. Now, why is he doing that? Because he's, in, he's invested in us. He wants to protect us. He wants to make sure that we're on the right road. And so naturally, God's going to do whatever he can to watch over his sheep. And he's so good at it, it reminded me of a verse in Scripture in Romans 8, 35-39. Some of you are familiar with this. It says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, Because of you we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered And here's a great part, it says, but no, in all these things we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth or any other created thing will have power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now what does all that mean? It means whenever you commit yourself to Christ and you become one of his sheep, did you know he will never lose you? His eyes will always be on you. He will always be hunting after you, hounding you. You can never get away from God. Now I'd encourage you. You know, I, I saw a story, and I, it, it, I, it, I really liked it. It was about uh, some, some guys that were in Santa Clara, California. Uh, they, were, they were high-tech thieves. They would steal equipment. Well, they, they went to this one company in Santa Clara and they found a warehouse. And they did not know what it was, but they thought it had some street value, so they went into the warehouse and they just took a load of this equipment out of the warehouse. Now, what they did not know is what they were stealing were GPS trackers. Now, I thought, now, if, if I am, a, that is me. That's the kind of thief that I would be. And so they went in there and they stole all of these GPS trackers. Uh, the company noticed that they were, they were missing. And so what they did is they called the police and they turned on the GPS trackers and said, here's their coordinates. Really easy day to be a policeman that day. They just got in the cars, they followed the coordinates, the guys were sitting at a light with all the equipment in the back seat. Uh, So those guys were arrested. Okay, now here's the idea. God is like a GPS tracker. Once he is in you, once you become a person who is in Christ, you're always his. He will never lose sight of you. Is that good? So so we ought to be encouraged and have an assurance of peace because the shepherd is watching his sheep. Why else should we be encouraged? Well, because the shepherd also cares for his sheep. It's part of a job of a shepherd. Verse 6 again. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Yeah, you know, I really believe people have a desire to be cared for. Uh, we have a desire for somebody to notice us. We want to think. You know, we want to think. Hey, I live my life, and somebody actually recognized that I was here. You know, I just, I don't want to just go through life and like I don't even know who that guy was. I didn't even know that he even lived. We all want to. We all want to be significant. I mean, and it's, I, I see this every day. I mean, just get on social media. We are desperate to be significant. You know, I, I'll get on. You know, I'll get on, and I'll see people who will post things on social media, and they will share their political brilliance in in their post. And I sit there and read it, and I think, boy, I am I am so much wiser today. As I have read all of these posts, so we we put stuff on there because we want people to recognize us. Believe me, I, there have been so many times when I've wanted to put stuff down myself, but I'm a pastor, and I think that won't be good because then I'll get killed by everybody here. But you know, we want we want people to recognize us. Uh, we, we are so desperate for people to recognize you. Know, we take I saw this thing that where, where people take these uh, like extreme extreme selfies, and they'll climb up on like cliffs, and they're just like hanging on. and they'll t- Did you know people have died doing that? I mean, I'm, I'm, why? You know, I look at that and why do we do it? It's simple. We, we want to be recognized. We want to be noticed. But, but let me share with you some good news so that you don't do extreme selfies. God notices you. God already has his eye on you. He knows where you are. David told us that God cares for us. How does he care for us? He cares for us like a shepherd. David, David knew what he was talking about because David was a shepherd. You know, if you think about what a shepherd did, you can go to the first two verses. You know, I shall not want. He leads me. Where does he lead me? Green pastures leads me. It's like quiet waters. He, 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 he takes care of your food. He takes care of your drink. I have predators come after you. He protects you from predators. Now, that is what David is saying. David is God knows who you are. God has his eye on you. He's watching you because he wants you to be safe. Because if you get away from him, then you're going to be susceptible to predators. So what does he do? It says He pursues you. He hunts after you. Well, how does he hunt after us? Well, if you look in verse 6, he does so with goodness and faithful love. The word goodness, it means pleasant, useful, efficient. Morally good, God is not hunting after you in order to destroy you to say you 're a bad person. God is hunting after you because He wants to give you his goodness, but he 's also coming after you to provide you with faithful love and that 's encouraging god God faithfully loves you as we are faithless to God. God faithfully loves you. Now, it doesn't give us a license to do whatever we want, to step outside of the boundaries that God has set for us. Let me tell you something. If you step outside of the boundaries because God is always watching you, He will come after you. And He's going to come after you to pull you back in where you are supposed to be because He loves you. God wants you to be safe. Because the fact of the matter is, you and I, we can't do it on our own. Uh, there is a, an author, there's a book out, it's a number of years ago now, it's, it's, got, it's probably 15 years old now, um, it's called Blue Like Jazz, I don't, I don't know if y'all have ever read it, it's by a guy named Donald Miller, it's a Christian author, and in the, in the book he tells a story about one of his friends, who had a friend, who was a Navy SEAL, okay, so uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming this is a true story, so he, he tells a story in the book, and, and the Navy SEAL, they had a, a group of men who went out in order to rescue some hostages. And so, whenever they, they found the hostages, there was quite a number of them. The SEALs came into the room and they said, You know, they have their weapons and everything. They look intimidating. They said, We are Americans. We are here to rescue you. Get up and follow us out. Well, the people had been hostages for so long, it scared them to death. And they, and they just lay there. They were laying on the ground. They were curled up and they would not get up. And so the, the SEALs didn't know what to do because there were too many of them to you know, pick them up and carry them out. And so they just kind of were at a loss. And, one of the guys who was a friend of, of the author of this book, he, he had an idea. He took off his helmet, he laid down his, his weapon, and he laid down next to the hostages. And he curled up next to them, and he just kind just sat there. And finally, one of them looked over at him, and they, they began to realize okay, that nobody who's trying to hurt us is going to do something like this. And so he, he was curled up next to him, and he said, We're Americans. He said, We're here to rescue you. Would you follow us out? And he stood up slowly. And one of the hostages that was next to him looked at him, and he stood up. And f- before long, one by one, they stood up, and they were able to walk out. And all, all of them were safely put on an aircraft carrier, and they came to safety. Now, guys, in essence, that, that is what God has done with us. He, he did not enter into our world demanding that we follow him. What, what he did is he came into our world, and he became one of us. And he curled up next to us. He said, I've come to rescue you. Would you follow me? And he's done that because he loves us. Because he recognizes who we are. And whenever we recognize that, we can have peace. You see, we can have peace because God is our shepherd who's watching. Our peace is also assured by God because the shepherd, he cares for his sheep. And then here's the last one. Our peace is assured because of this, because the shepherd will lead his sheep home. Verse number 6, it says, Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And then here's the key part for me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for as long as I live. You know what the goal of every shepherd is with his sheep? When he comes home to make sure that he has everyone with him and he can put him in a sheep pen. If he's missing one, he goes out and finds it. The goal of every shepherd is to make sure all of his sheep come into the sheep pen. That's how God is with you. See, whenever God gets a hold of your life and you become a follower of God and you're one of his sheep, he will ensure that when night comes, you're going to be in the sheep pen. Now, what's the sheep pen? Well, Jesus told us when He's talking to his disciples in, in John 14, verses 1 through 3, he said, Let not your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. For were not so I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. He's talking about heaven. He said, my sheep, he said, I'm going to come and I'm going to get them and I'm going to bring them to be with me forever in heaven. Now, doesn't that sound good? He said, that sounds good. But how can I know that's true? You know, maybe he just told us that to pacify so we'd be quiet and then we'd die and it's all over. We all this is where, this is where faith has to come into play. This is where we have to trust that when God makes a promise that he will keep it. Now, I, I really believe this. I believe that the greatest, if, if you want to know what is the greatest indicator of how a person is going to perform in the future. If you want to know how somebody's going to perform in the future, look and see what they've done in the past. that makes sense? If somebody in the past has been faithful and true, then my assumption is this. They're going to do the same thing in the future. Did you know that that God, when he made, has made promises in the past, did you know he's kept the promises? There's an example of this in Scripture in Joshua 21, 45. It says, none of the good promises the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. Everything was fulfilled. In the Old Testament, it's really interesting, there were were 55 prophecies. This was written hundreds of years before Jesus ever lived. 55 prophecies that prophesied about the coming of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. 55 prophecies. You know how many of those came true? Anyone want to take a stab at it? 55. It's not bad. 55 for 55. It's a good game. Okay, so 55 for 55 in the past. I look into the future. Now, what am I going to, what am I going to assume? God kept all those promises in the past. He's going to keep all those promises in the future. And since the Lord is my shepherd and he is faithful, he's going to bring me home with him. Now let me give you an example of this. Uh, back in the uh, early 1900s, there was a, an explorer named Ernest Shackleton. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of him before. He's written, there's some books written about him. And uh, uh, he went on this one expedition to the Antarctic. And he had a crew of men with him, and they got, they, he had to leave behind. They, they were having some trouble. The weather was bad. He had to leave behind some men. Said, i got to go back to England, get some supplies, I'm coming back for you. How would you like to be those guys? Okay, well we're going to stay behind. It's freezing here, but we'll stay behind. So he says, I'll come back. So he leaves. So, you know, a week passes, obviously. These guys are still there. A few weeks pass. month passes. A few months pass. Even back. Now, what had happened, what they did not know, because this is in the day you know before cell phones, and so what they didn 't know is that he was trying to get back as he was trying to get back. the sea was frozen solid, it was frozen over, could not get there three different times failed every time. He came back a fourth time, he found a little a little uh, break in the ice, he was able to follow it and get all the way to Elephant Island. When he got there, what he saw astounded him when he came up on the island where the men were, every one of them were standing there waiting for them, for him with their bags packed. He pulls up. They get on. He's astounded. They, they get on board the ship, and he asks his crew after they got on board, and they, they're, they're heading back to England. He said, how in the world did you guys know I'd be coming today? How were you ready? They were packed and ready to go. How would that happen? One of the crew said there was another man on the crew who was leading them. His name was Frank Wilde. He said every morning Frank would get up. said, boys, get up. Let's get packed up. Shackleton might be here today. And he'd be the first guy to pack, and he'd get up and walk out. And those men just followed his example. Every day for months, they got up, they packed up every day. Whenever they asked Frank Wilde why he did that, why he had a belief that Shackleton was going to come back, it's because Wilde had been on an expedition previously with Shackleton when they were starving to death. They called it the race against starvation. He said, I had nothing to eat. I was starving. And he said, Shackleton, who was our commander, had one biscuit left. And he said, he came over to me and said, take it. And he said, whenever he did that, I knew, I have known for the rest of my life, that is a man who will never abandon his men. Guys, that is Jesus. You know, there are so many times when I can be overwhelmed with doubt, and I began to think, things like I don't think God can do anything, those things creep into my mind, but then I'll look into the Bible, and I'll read, and I'll be reminded of what God has done, and what he has done in the past. Let me tell you, he will do it in the future. We are all searching for peace. It is sort of like the commodity nobody can quite get their hands on. But right here, the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you need some encouragement for peace in your life? Look in this verse. Shepherd, what's he doing? He's watching you. He's caring for his sheep. And then he promises he will lead his sheep home. Now, for those of you who are part of the sheepfold, relax. Just relax. God's going to take care of his people. What we need to do, I believe this. I believe that every once in a while we need to be reminded of this and we need to take some time to just simply bow in prayer and just simply say, God, thank you. God, what you've done in the past, I am believing you're going to do it in the future. We need to relax in that. Now there are others of you, and you're not a part of the sheepfold. Would you like to be today? Because you can be. What I do. It's nothing magic. It's what the Bible says. Pray and tell the Lord, say, Lord, I want to to be one of your sheep. Lord, Lord, I'm asking that that you'll forgive me. Instead of me following me, I want to follow you. And I will trust you. And I believe that you lived, that you died, and that you rose from the grave. And if you do that, if you just tell that to God, you know what God says he'll do? So what the Bible says, you shall be saved. It's all on him. You just trust him. Now what I'd like for, for us to do is, we close, just like for you to bow your head and close your eyes and those of you who are believers, you're followers of God, you're a part of the sheepfold, use this time to simply say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you for keeping your eye on me. Thank you that you keep every one of your promises. Thank you. Maybe others of you, it is time for you to be a part of the sheepfold and you just simply need to talk to God today and just simply say Lord I want to be one of your sheep I surrender myself to you I will follow you forgive me of my sin and I trust in you Heavenly Father I thank you for for your word I thank you for the encouragement that you give us that you, give us, that you give us peace, Lord, and you give us an assurance of peace. Father, may we, may we relax in that, and rest in that. And I pray for others, Lord, that, they will, that they'll have the courage, that they've called out to you in prayer to be, to be one of your sheep, Lord. I pray that you'd give them the courage to let us know and so take their bulletin out and, and just fill out that contact form on the inside and then tear it out put it in the basket that our ushers will be holding as they leave here today just so that we can get some information to him in the mail about growing in a walk with God. Lord, when you tell us that, that we can become part of your sheepfold, God, I believe it. I believe it's true. Because when you make promises, God, you keep them. So, Lord, today we just simply say thank you. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.